it's, you know, it's the beginning of, of the end, hopefully, of 100-degree weather. Um, yeah, I, I saw in the forecast that the 90s are coming. Like, you know, I mean, seriously, y'all should be crying out for that a little bit more. Um, we just had some rain. Anybody dance in the rain? Anybody get out in it? Really? Not, you should have done that. It was awesome. I was out in the backyard with my kids, and we were just going nuts in the rain. Does some of you not know that it did actually rain? Okay. Because it like just disappeared right afterwards. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a great time of year. I love it. I, I love um, when all the, the – I, I know some of you aren't into this. I love when hunting season starts. I love when football season starts. I love when fall comes because eventually I will not sweat just by being, you know? <laughs> I have a hope that Jesus will come back and I won't sweat just by sitting here. Um, so, yeah, so we are uh, at that point and we're at this point in Matthew uh, 18 that uh, really knowing the Greek of this passage doesn't do a whole lot for you, except I learned at the end of it, um, knowing um, what was going on in the time when Jesus was saying this. Eh, good. But this is kind of one of those times when um, it, it's better to uh, just really look at it for what it is for us. Um, it's Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. That's where I am. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the fault. If the other person listens and confesses, you have won that person back. But if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If that person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. If the church decides you're right, but the other person won't accept it, treat that person as a pagan or Gentile or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you this, whatever you prohibit on earth is prohibited in heaven. And whatever you allow on earth is allowed in heaven. Um, this is Matthew's uh, delivery of Jesus' teaching on conflict resolution. Anybody ever been in conflict? Really? Some of you have never been in conflict? You're lying. That is awesome. Could you come up here and talk to us then about how to live the perfect life? Because you're great. Um, yeah, we've all been in conflict at some point in our lives. Um, and if you're not in, you may be in conflict right now. Um, you, may, you may not know you're in conflict right now, too. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Uh, and, or you may be about to be in conflict for not raising your hand. Your spouse is looking at you going, really? You've never been in a conflict? What about? Just kidding. Too far? <laughs> so I have Daryl with me today to, uh, to tell me when I've gone too far, um, because Daryl has done uh, quite a bit of uh, training on Matthew 18, conflict resolution, and he has taught about it in years past, uh, multiple times. And so because this is one that it would have felt weird for me to just get up and do a sermon on, we decided to have an NPR radio show. So who's Terry Gross, you or me? <laughs> Terry Gross. Really. No NPR um, fans out there. That's all right. So, uh, so, so welcome to Deep Thoughts with exactly. Mike and Daryl. Yes. I just call the myself life, by the way. I don't like that. Yeah. Discuss. Uh, so we're, we're in Matthew, uh, Matthew 18. And, and one of the things that I think there's just, we're just going to go step by step through the process because he gives it to you step by step. Inevitably, we will be in conflict. That's just life. Because we are a broken, fallen society and world, we are going to find ourselves in conflict with someone. Um, now, another part of Scripture says that it is very important if you have... Um, done something against someone, if you have caused uh, an anguish, a hurt, uh, uh, if you have sinned against God by um, hurting someone else, before you come to God's table, get correct. Before you come 
and receive communion, clear up whatever wrong you have caused to your brother or sister. This is the flip side of that. This is the side that says, if someone has wronged you, go to them. Because while it is a sin for you to be sinning against someone, it is also a sin for you, if somebody has wronged you, to keep it to yourself and not allow them to seek forgiveness. So this is why Jesus is bringing us this teaching on conflict resolution. And the first thing he says is, go to the person. One-to-one. That was a nice pitch. Thanks. Okay. Um, a metaphor that we have used to work through this, which I think is going to help us a lot this morning and hopefully will be a blessing to you. And it's not my metaphor. It's, it comes from Danny Silk, um, who's one of the teachers at Bethel. Um, when talking about conflict resolution or someone sinning against you, hurting you in any way, is, is it's as if they have walked into a room where you are and with a big old five-gallon bucket of paint and thrown it on the ground and, and, and explodes and it goes everywhere. Um, and so using that image, it, it kind of helps us see some of our typical reactions to that. A lot of times, if that happens, we might look at the whole mess. We might look at the paint on the floor, the paint on the ceiling, and, and all over the walls, and all over us, and all over the person that threw it. And if there's other people in the room, we look at the paint on them, and we just get overwhelmed by the scope of the mess. And we end up probably, if we focus on that, we probably go into a place of judgment. We probably start trying to think, why did they throw the bucket? You know, why are they that kind of person? And we start going to places like that. Um, we might even, if there's someone in there with us, we might even start to commiserate, you know, to look at each other as victims and say, look at the paint that this person put all over you and look at the paint that I got all over me and boy, what a mess this person made. And we start commiserating about the paint um, and what's on us rather than talking to the person. So um, the first thing that we have to do to pitch this back to Michael, first thing that we have to do in a situation like this is we have to step away, we have to come away from the situation um, and figure out what paint is really on us. Don't try to fix the whole mess. Don't try to understand why the paint was dropped. Come away from it and look at yourself and figure out what's really on you and then ask why it bothers you. Um, and that's something you can definitely encourage you to do in prayer. Um, a, a little step that I forgot to say last service that we encourage is um, writing down the things that you're mad about. Writing down, the, write down what that person did that made you mad. You know, describe the paint that you think's on you. Take that list, write it down, and then read it out loud before your God. Read it out loud to the Creator and see how much of it really will stick. How much of it just kind of goes, ah, that's, when I read that out loud to God, it's kind of silly and I'm going to take that off the list. And you get kind of down with what's really there. And then you have something to go back to your brother or sister with. At the, at the same time, you don't want to fall into the trap of uh, what Christians normally do. And it's to um, paint over, if you will, the paint that is spilled on you. We, a lot of times we will approach somebody and, well, we'll either approach them or, or we won't. Um, and I think when we approach them, we kind of go in this attacking position of, you did this to me. You did this to me. And you start getting into that judgment thing. Look at the paint that you put on me. 
um, and you start condemning uh, the person. And while there may be consequences to the person's actions, I think what Jesus is saying here, though, is his whole point is to win them back. So it's to come back and say, look, you have fallen short of the uh, I am fallen short of the glory of God for sure. But here in this instance, you kind of really messed up with me. But I want you to come back, you know, come back, make reconciliation with me and with God about this, because this happened. Um, the, uh, the other thing is we have a tendency to, as I said, paint over our pain. And so we forget, we forgive, like I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to forgive. So I'm not going to tell this person that they've hurt me. I'm just going to forgive them because that's the right thing to do. Forgive as I forgave you, Jesus says. You're like, okay. And you don't acknowledge the hurt. You don't acknowledge the real sense of loss, of trust, of loss, of relationship, of brokenness that exists there. And so you you paint over this issue um, instead of actually bringing it to the person. It's bad for you and it's bad for the person when you do this uh, because you don't allow them to make reconciliation with God. And you yourself, while you think that you are being healed, a lot of times what you're doing is you're taking the broom out. You're picking up the rug, sweeping the dirt underneath the rug and putting it down. And you're saying, doesn't it look pretty? Well, the dirt's still there, right? And it's left to fester. I love that word. It's left to fester underneath that rug and just build. And then before you know it, that person offends you again. And you're like, oh, yeah? Wham! Look at that. I still got some. And it's unhealthy. So Jesus says, go privately to that person. One-on-one, not calling him out in front of people, not going, hey, everybody, do you know what he did to me? Go privately to that person. Honor that person as a child of God, a son, daughter of God. Sit down with him and say, look, this happened. Let's talk about it. Now, one of the things you need to understand is you may be at fault also. You may be someone who caused the other person to be injured in some way, hurt in some way. And that could have been their reaction to you. And so you have this thing that you have to go with an open heart and mind, wanting God to be there, to bring reconciliation, to say, hey, you got some paint on me, but I don't know if there's any paint that I threw on you at the same time. And so let's, I want to talk about your paint because I want you to know what happened, but let's be open about this and have this realization that I might be at fault also. Absolutely. Um, one of the movies that we talked about earlier, I think it was called Doubt. Is that right? And there's a, um, a scene in there where the priest talks about how we like to, instead of doing what Michael just described and doing this first step, that we like to jump to the second step. But even when we jump to the second step of Matthew 18, we don't really do that right because it says, um, if they won't listen to you, then you go back to them with, with some others to help mediate and help bring wholeness. So what we like to do is instead is we, we go get others, but we don't go to the person. We just go build an army of people who are on our side. Um, and this movie, Doubt, the, the priest talks about that, and he, he, he talks about this image of taking a feather pillow up onto a top of a building and ripping it open and let the feathers scatter to the wind. And then when, once you're resolved, now try to go get all those feathers back and put them back into the pillow. 
that when we spread this stuff around, if we go to other people with it, we're making it harder and harder to clean up and, and almost impossible. Because might, I might be in conflict with Michael, and if I go build my case with my family or my friends, and I get all of them mad at Michael with me, and then the next day Michael and I get straight again and we're fine, do I really go back and clean up all those people that I've talked to? Do I, am I really going to make sure and go that I tell them everything that Michael and I resolve so that they're now back on Michael's side again? Or am I going to leave them scattered to the wind? It's like, sorry. Wait, am I supposed to hate you this week? I, I can't know. remember. We're not in conflict <laughs> right now. We're good. Exactly. Yeah. Well, tell your sister to stop being so mean. Um, Which sister? Uh, and and yeah, the second step is, you know, the first step you go to this person one-on-one with an openness going, Hey, look, here it is. Let's talk about this. Let's discuss it. I love you as a brother and sister in Christ. Let's figure this out. If they do not listen, if they do not, if they're like, yeah, that's not my pain. Um, not my problem. Second step, Jesus says is to bring two or three witnesses. Now, uh, Matthew being the good Jew that he is reaches back into Deuteronomy and pulls up this law. When you have witnesses, have two or three witnesses uh, so that it's not just one person. Um, you need to have kind of this little community. And the other thing is, don't bring your team. You know, like Daryl said, you go along and you build your army. You don't go bring those people to this conflict resolution meeting because they're going to be on your side. You bring objective people, people who are strong in faith who love you both and want to see both of you reconciled to one another and to God. You bring these people into the situation. You begin to express it, to, to talk about it with one another. And they, you have to be able to hear them go, yeah, this is on you. You know, you have to bring people that are going to be able to say, look, there's a little bit of paint that Daryl spilled, Michael, but you got a bigger brush than he does um, on this one. And to be able to accept that. So you bring these two people in this community you know, this is why we talk about community all the time in here, because it is very important. It was very important to Jesus, to the disciples, to the way he wanted to build the church and the body of Christ. Uh, Daryl did that exercise of, hey, if you're in a valley right now, put your hand up. Let the body surround you in love. And I know that we're not all ready for that. We're not all um, at that point where we're going to go like, you know what? I am hurting right now. Please, the entire body come around me. Some of you are like, I want to do that right now. Not all of you are there. That's okay. But we want to, to remind you and continually bring to you that that's why we're here. So that when we are hurting, we can surround one another in love. When there's conflict among us, we can go to one another and say, hey, I need help with this. Because I, I, I love this guy and, and I want to bring reconciliation to this relationship and to allow them to have reconciliation um, with God. I, I have a, a story that um, I, I greatly hurt someone um, by an action that I took. And in, in my, I don't, I didn't even remember the action when he finally came and spoke to me about it. It had happened many months in the past and it caused him to be really angry at me and then really angry at the church and to really kind of fall away. I have no idea this is going on. I have no idea any of this has happened. And he, he finally comes to me and, and says, hey, this has happened. I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. You know, the misperception of the action that I took was tremendous. Um, but it was real for him. 
my intent was completely different than what he felt. And it greatly hurt him. And through counsel with um, other people, they finally said, you know what? You're doing a disservice to yourself and to him, to Michael. Because Michael has caused you to have this anger and this resentment and to fall away from the church kind of. And he doesn't know it. Michael's walking in this sin right now and he doesn't even know it. You've got to go to him. And, uh, and so he came to me and it was hard for him to do. And it was hard for me to hear because my job is anti that, you know, my whole life is anti that. And to hear that I did that, I was like, man, I'm so, I'm glad he had friends that knew this and said, have you gone to him? That's one of the things that, um, that we have learned from David Minitsky, um, a, a great, he's all the time. This is his answer. His answer when somebody goes, hey, so-and-so is, uh, has hurt me, has wronged me. Have you talked to them about it? Because what they're trying to do instead of going to ver- in, uh, the second step, they're trying to go to the third step. I'm going to jump over a couple of steps and just go straight to the pastor. Go straight to the principal. You know? And so-and-so pushed me on the playground. Have you told them? Have you gone to them? So we have the step process that God has put into place. You go to that person. You bring a community together. And then you go to the church. Yeah, one of the, another little picture that we like to remind ourselves of here, when you read through this, this third step, it says, depending on your translation, it says, when, if they come to you, if you go before them with the whole church, the body of Christ, or like an assembly of elders, as Michael said, and they still don't listen, it says, depending on your translation, it says something like, treat them like a tax collector or a Gentile. Um, and I've heard a lot of wrong teaching about that to say that that's the point when you cut them off, that you throw them out, that you're done with them. And that's not what's going on here at all. Um, Michael said at 930 service, this was written by a tax collector. Okay, Matthew was a tax collector. Tax collectors and Gentiles are still welcome in the kingdom of God. Um, so we don't throw them out. We don't say you're done. Um, but you, you get more basic um, Eugene Peterson's translation in the message when you read through this says, then you take them back to Jesus and repentance and how that works. And you start trying to win them back to the faith before you try to win them back to your conflict problem. It just means you need to go back to square one is all that means. And a lot of time the, the image that I was going to talk about is this. We, we learned this, that we have this, this little hill. If you can picture a little hill that we get through and get to in relationships we climb this hill when we meet someone and it's easy. It's an easy climb and we're just getting to know someone and it's all pleasant and it's, oh, you're really cool and we like the same things and, and you're really great and you get me and it's all very easy. And then at some point it gets not so easy. Something happens. Something said, something's done or not done and a conflict enters and you turn down into what we will call today the valley of junk. And you go into this valley. And our tendency a lot of times is that that's when we say, okay, tax collector, you're out. And we just leave our relationship there. And we say, ah, this is not fun. So I'm going to keep this relationship out here. And maybe when we see each other in the halls, I'll say hey to you. And we'll be cordial and we'll be polite. But we're not ever going to grow past this. I'm going to have a surface relationship with you. And then we probably go start another surface relationship with someone else. And we just keep doing this little, little hill 
valley, Little Hill Valley. But if we'll push through the other side of that and actually engage in Christ, engage this valley in this conflict and try to work through it, that we can come to a, a mountain that we can climb for the rest of our lives in this relationship. And it won't always be easy, but it takes us to a much higher vista than the little hill of, hey, you're really cool. Um, and that, you know, just deciding to push through that valley of junk is a decision that we have to make. Yeah, and at the, the verse 18 here, um, it talks about what you um, loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And um, someone taught me um, that is much smarter than I between services, Casey Harris, that uh, this is a bad translation a lot of times, um, that it, it should be what, uh, what you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. Correct? Shall have been. So you're using much more like educational words than I. Um, and and what, is, what you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. So look, God's done this. God has operated this, set up this thing of love. And we have these relationships, as Daryl said, that, you know, relationships take work. Anybody that's ever been married or is married knows that. Um, it, what happened? It disappeared. So do Mike's. Um, they take work. And it, it takes patience. It takes um, energy. It takes fighting for a relationship. Uh, and sometimes you, you got to fight through those valleys. In order to get to the other side. <laughs> Turned into a Japanese movie all of a sudden. <laughs> Where's Godzilla? Um, and, and so, yeah, so you had, I'm gone now. And my mind's just completely like, that's great. I'm in conflict with you people now because of this, so we're going to have to talk about it. I'm glad you're all here, one to one. But it's one of those things where we have this access to love. We have this access to God's love. And that is his intent, is not to, as Daryl just said, to cast someone aside and say, you got pain on me, so I'm done with you. DTM. You know, dead to me. Um, it, it is more bring, bring them in and love them. Um, fight through it because you've been on the end of hurting someone before. And you have been on the end of being hurt. We all know what this is. We all know what this looks like. And it is, you know, just right after this, and we'll talk about it in two Sundays, but they ask Jesus, hey, how many times should we forgive someone? Seven? And he's like, mm, no, how about 70 times seven? In other words, you work at it. If it doesn't work the first time, you can. it's not just one meeting. You take somebody to, to a meeting once, and it doesn't work like that. Daryl and I got sideways with one another. We've known each other for 20 years. We've been, in the, we've been on the hill. We've been in the valley. We've been on the mountain. We, we've made it to the mountain. And that's not to say that we won't be in conflict again. Currently, are we in conflict? Good. Um, you know, it's not to say that we won't be in conflict again in the future, but we got really sideways with one another. And he had his side, and I had my side. He had his army. I had my army. And, and finally, smarter people than us told us, have you all sat down and, like, talked to each other? We're like, well, no, because I don't like him. <laughs> Why do I want to do that? And so we took it upon ourselves finally to sit down. And it didn't happen in one sitting. It happened over the course of a few. 
And then we began to share an office together. And over time, the love that we had for one another was, was still there. And it just resurfaced as we climbed the mountain. It's one of those things that it takes work. It takes time to get to the other side. You will be in conflict in your life. You might be in conflict right now. It may be me or Daryl that you're in conflict with. If, if it is, would you please let us know? Because we, you know, we'll be available after the service. Yeah. Apparently I made somebody upset during the last service, and they didn't come tell me. They told somebody in the back. He goes, he wasn't listening to your sermon, but he was upset with you. I'm like, step one, come on. Um, if you are in conflict with someone, pray about it. As Daryl said, write it down. Let Express it to God and then go to that person. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he says, go to that person. Begin the step one process. Augustine, oh, sorry. I know. I, this has just jumped out at me um, this morning. And when I read through this this morning, it, it kind of, I don't know if, if it jumps out at you, but there's the scripture at the end of this in verse 20 is, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. How often do we use that? We say that all the time, but we never say it about this. We say it about worship, about prayer, and it's true. But Jesus gives us that word when he's talking about our relationships with each other. And we don't we just kind of rip it out of that context and we throw it around as a Christian saying, Well, there's two of us there at the barbecue place, so Jesus must have been there. Maybe. I'm not saying that's not true. But I mean, how much more important is it that we apply that closing scripture to our relationships when we say, I'm not feeling very good about this person right now, or they've made me angry, or they've hurt me, and I'm gonna take this difficult, awkward unnatural to my flesh step of going to this person and being honest with them. Well, Jesus says, I'm going with you. I'll be there. And that's huge. It makes it so much more easy to do that. And the thing that the translation that I had for that verse 18 and what William Barclay says about it is believers in Jesus make it to heaven. You're going to be with them in heaven. Your relationship is going to be for eternity. And his stake was, get it right here, so that when you're there, you will be together. And it made me think of how many denominations and pastors and Christians yell at one another and stand against and opposed to each other. We, we may wear different jerseys, but we're all on the same team. We all have the same Savior Jesus died for each one of us the same way. He rose from the dead the same way for all of us, that all of us who confess with our hearts and profess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord have this saving grace inside of us. And so if I stand opposed to you theologically or whatever, doctrinally, which really you think God goes, really? In heaven, I'm going to run into you and go, hey, sorry about those tweets. Yeah, that was was kind of bad. Sorry sorry about that book I wrote about you. Sorry about that movie that I made that said you're going to burn because you believe this, even though, oh, wait, you actually believe in Jesus, and here we are together. Awkward for eternity, you know? I mean, it's... If we are brothers and sisters in Christ under his grace then we need to act like it right now. 
We need to act like it right now and bring reconciliation. Because one day when Jesus comes back and brings reconciliation to the entire world, we, as, as Lucy was always told, we, we might have some explaining to do. <laughs> Thank you. No? Young people? Nothing? All right. August is coming up. Train wreck. No, she's not. It's just Daryl. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the, we need you to, as a gift for sitting through this, um, you may be in conflict after this, but we'd love for you to put your chairs up um, today on your way out. Nothing? No, like, yay, chairs. All right, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this morning, for this gift of grace that you have given us, for the saving grace that you offer each of us from your death and resurrection. God, we thank you and praise you that you are a God who loves us so much you gave your life for us. You long for us to be a community, to be a body together, to share the love with one another that you have given us. Help us to not hold it back from each other. But as you offer us love and grace freely, let us do so with one another. God, we thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.